Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, well, well. Back again, baby. Back again. The 3 and Out podcast with me. That's John Milkoff. And uh, as we head into summer. Happy summer. Uh, as I'm recording this, about 5.30 in the afternoon on Monday. It's kind of weird watching uh, Michigan. They're playing the College World Series right now. I mean, that's their team's actually pretty sweet. As I'm, as we're starting here, they're kicking, uh, I wouldn't say they're kicking Vanderbilt's ass, but they're up a couple runs. So who would have thought? Don't sleep on the Wolverines as an athletic program. I guess having all that money doesn't hurt. Uh, but there's a football podcast, and we're in the middle of football summer. But don't worry, you know, I've worked in radio for years, I know how to make content, baby, and we, we got some good stuff today, actually. Uh, some thoughts on Cam Newton, I, I have a couple thoughts on what, if you haven't seen, I would imagine a lot of people listen to this because you're consuming it a podcast, you know, younger, you're more in tune maybe with social media, you've seen Cam Newton, uh, have some thoughts on that. Amari Cooper was doing something with Gatorade, so he's doing a bunch of interviews, I watched his interview today with Dan Patrick. Have a couple thoughts on his free agency. We've talked a lot about him. And then one of the stories today has come out about Tyreek Hill, who has been absolved in terms of the law. Uh, they basically have said that he didn't do anything, but now it's in Roger Goodell's hands. And I, I think the, the Tyreek Hill suspension, because I do think he's going to get suspended, because I think we have precedent where when you just keep your name in negative headlines, whether you're guilty or innocent, Roger Goodell's proven he doesn't care if you're innocent. He will still suspend you. Uh, and I think that's, I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. So depending on how long his suspension gets into, 
I mean, it could have major ramifications on, you know, one of the best teams in the league. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And then at the end, like we always do, Middlecoff Mailbag, Instagram DMs wide open. I actually told Instagram today, like I recorded a video to say I needed some help on Middlecoff Mailbag questions. My Then my DMs, I mean, I, I have so many DMs I don't even know what to do with. So if you do have a DM question, probably hold off because I'm, I'm going to be answering these questions for the next couple weeks. Uh, but I appreciate, you know, everyone interacting. It's the way kind of we interact in 2019. You know, I'm not big on... I actually, when I hosted radio shows, I'll be honest, and this is no shade. I know a lot of you guys interacting on social media know what you're talking about. But for the most part, the callers we got sucked. Uh, and I'm not a big fan. Like, if I'm listening to a radio show and you bring in a caller, I change the channel. Like if I, And that's a great part. Like, Colin's show, he doesn't take phone calls. You know, and if I'm going to a radio show, I'm not really there for the phone call. That's why I like, you know, now I do like hearing another voice and I need to get some interviews. I, we're going to try to do them during training camp and have a couple ideas before training camp comes. But this is not really a caller driven uh, medium just to begin with. And one way I thought that I could, you know, interact with you guys was through the Middlecoff mailbag and I, I've enjoyed doing it. But let's get to Cam Newton, which I think, you know, was probably the number one viral story over the last. I don't know, over the weekend. And I have two main takeaways from the Cam Newton uh, situation. One, on just the most basic level of once we have the information. I'll get into the way society films everything and I'm starting to become a little uncomfortable with it. But like I said, we, we only move forward as a society. We never go backwards. So the filming is not going away. But let's just talk about the deal. I'd say one of the great parts about America is I can just walk up to you in front of your car and let's say you're driving a you know a brand new Mercedes, and I can just say I'll pay you eighty grand for it right there on the spot. You can say yes, you can say no. Obviously, if you own the car, I, I can walk up to any house in any neighborhood and just knock on the door and say hey. And I know people this has happened to. It's it's obviously never happened to me. I would love for it to happen to me because if you made a number so high, I would give it to you on the spot. Or I've had people, especially like family friends, that had like. Let's say beachfront property, and again, I'm not not like beachfront property in like Newport Beach or anything. I'm just talking in places like uh, around San Luis Obispo and this place Aptos, a little uh, north of Santa Cruz, where people have just been offered X number for their house. And it's a great part about a free market. You can just pay for anything at any moment, or that person can just say no. Cam Newton attempted to make a deal. He, as it turns out, is very cheap. Right, And I'm not even talking about the deal, which was a bad deal that he even extended, but just the deal that if he's going to go on a 10-hour flight, now I don't know what airport he was in, because I know he's flying to France, but I don't know if Charlotte to France is 10 hours. That doesn't quite seem right. So maybe he's coming from LA. I, I don't know. Maybe he's coming from Alabama. Uh, I think that's, is that where he's from, Alabama? Wherever he was coming from, but he's on a 10-hour flight. If I'm Cam Newton and I'm six foot six and I've I've stood by him a couple times. I was actually at Radio City Music Hall the night he was drafted. Uh, I've seen him, I think, like his second year. They played the 49ers at Candlestick. And I remember thinking, like, this dude is LeBron James. He is a massive human being. He's also worth $100-plus million. If I was worth that much money and wasn't going to fly private, because that is an expensive private plane if you are a little tight, I'd still get a first-class seat. So Cam Newton gets just an economy seat, offers this guy $1,500 for his seats. Now, and a lot of people keep asking me, Middlecoff, would you have taken the deal? One, when I fly, because of the economic status of my life, I fly just basic seating. Like, so I'm never in business or economy. 
unless like my parents are play, paying for it and I'm going on a family trip. If I'm just flying by myself or with a girlfriend or whatever, we're just getting normal seats. Hopefully one day, business keeps going well, I can afford better seats. So if I could afford those seats, that would mean that a couple grand on a 10-hour flight, let's just say 1500 doesn't mean that much to me. Because there's a big difference between a, a nicer, you know, more legroom seat, obviously, and just the basic seating. We, we all know that. We've all flown, whether it's domestically or internationally or whatever, there's a massive difference in price point, especially if you do it last minute or whatever. So when Cam Newton walks up to this guy, who clearly is probably in an economic status where $1,500, like to me, I'd probably think about that. Now, I'd probably, my first words out of my mouth, hopefully, maybe I, you know, I wouldn't be starstruck, but it might be like, damn, Cam Newton's making me offer. I might just take his money. Hopefully, I would have said, as a good businessman, 2500 and counter-offered him. And maybe we would have met two grand and I move. But for $1,500, it's a low-ball offer. To me, have you ever checked a plane ticket day of? Especially, and I'm, that's just like, for me, San Francisco to LA or San Francisco to Arizona. Imagine LA to France day of. To me, that ticket's two grand, right? Twenty five hundred. I don't even know. I've never checked, but I, I mean, you don't need to be a you work for American Airlines to know that's going to be a pricey ticket. To me, at minimum, the number that you'd have to offer to get a guy to think about moving, if I'm Cam Newton, is probably thirty five hundred, four grand, maybe five grand total. I mean, five grand gets the deal done. It should, unless this guy's a multimillionaire and money means nothing to him. But fifteen hundred dollar, uh, his offer was borderline insulting. I, I mean, it really was. And Cam Newton's a guy, it's not like he just got rich when he got to the pros. We've seen this. He's been getting paid since college. Tons of money. Obviously, he was paid an astronomical amount of money to go to Auburn. Mississippi State had also paid him because they thought they were getting him. Let's call it what it is. When he went to Florida, they probably paid him too. And again, I, you, you're not getting moral high horse pearl clutcher here. I am pro paying players under the table. I would die for the Pac-12 to be more active in that market. Probably why us out here on the West Coast are getting our ass kicked. Because those guys in the SEC, they clearly pay a premium. I just saw a story recently, I think on like Barstool. Well, it was like a, you know, in New Orleans, that a dude had, uh, a guy that got arrested for laundering money, had used the laundered money to pay an offensive lineman's dad like 150 grand. Like the amount of money, I always think media members are so naive on social media when they act like the poor players. They're not getting paid. Yeah, they're not getting paid above the table. But below the table, where no one's looking, they're getting cat enormous amounts of cash. Now again, is it done correctly? No. Should these guys be able to profit off their likeness? For sure. But let's not be naive, especially with all the information we have now. In basketball and football, these guys are getting paid. And again, I've been around a lot of these colleges, not in the SEC, but just on the when I did the Pac-12, living pretty well. Hell, I was at Fresno State, and they were living well. I can't imagine what they're living like at Alabama and Florida. Well, actually, I know because I know people that have coached there. It's pretty damn good. So Cam Newton, I think he's a little out of touch with money. And then two, in fairness to Cam, we probably shouldn't know about this story. And I'll be the first, I'm guilty of sin. When I'm at an event, I was just at Pebble Beach a couple weeks ago. And the moment I got close to Dustin Johnson, I was filming. The moment I got close to Phil... Phil Mickelson, I was filming. I filmed everything. Now, granted, I kind of do this for a job, so I try to push the content to people, but still, even if I was working insurance, whatever, I'd probably still be filming. That's part of the culture. We're never changing. Like, the amount of stuff we can do on the phone now is stupid. It's a huge part of our life, and anything we do, we feel we have to film or record it, or it didn't happen. 
But I do feel a little dirty when I'm watching it. Like, Cam made an offer. The guy said no, and he sat back down. He didn't cause a scene, and now he's just getting destroyed. I mean, crushed. I mean, I kind of just made fun of him. And we probably shouldn't know about this. Like, a famous person anymore, and I'm always hesitant because, I remember, I don't know if you've seen the clip, but Odell Beckham was on LeBron's show, and he said he gets treated like a zoo animal because everywhere he goes, people mob him. And my takeaway was like, yeah, welcome to fame. That's that's how real. Like, how do you think NBA players get treated? How do you think Hollywood actors get? That's part of fame. That's why you make all the money. I mean, it sucks. That's part of the deal. It Cam clearly, you know, Heisman Trophy, won an MVP. He's one of the poster childs of the NFL. Now he hasn't played that well lately, but we all know he's one of the most famous players in the league, one of the most polarizing players in the league, one of the most physically gifted players we've ever seen. And, I mean, he stands out. Like, if Kirk Cousins put a hat on, you might not notice him. Like, no one's missing camp. Especially he had on his goofy, you know, top hat or whatever. But, like, he's just making the guy an offer. He asked, hey, I'll give you 1500 if you change seats. And a guy had to immediately film. Immediately film. Like, can't you just let the guy live life? Now, again, like, would I have filmed that? Maybe I'd take a picture. So, it's like, I, I can't crush the guy too much because I'd probably feel just guilty. But it's kind of sad that everything we do now, the moment we think, like, we can go viral. It's one thing to go viral off something that naturally happens, but just trying to take advantage of some famous person that we have to film or have to take a picture. Or someone's getting wasted. We Oh, there's, there's I'm just using Cam Newton again. Like, there's Cam Newton taking shots of tequila. Like, can't the guy just live life? And the answer probably is no. Uh, but this was something that was like, it was pretty innocuous. He just wanted bigger leg room. Now, kind of exposing this cheap or whatever, but I think this is like, it's kind of crazy that this story is now leading my show. Now, part of it is June 24th. But still, like every single person that I follow in the NFL was talking about it, people laughing about it, having to laugh at Cam Newton. At the end of the day, why does he care? Worth $100 million, successful NFL career. But he's kind of, I mean, he's a human. If I was him, I'd be a little embarrassed. And it's just, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's really, that's just my take. Like, it's just, it's kind of sad indictment, but it also is just, it's who we are. And if anything, you've ever go to a concert lately, I mean, hell, like I said, the Pebble Beach, you went to Pebble Beach and you sat at like an area where they were teeing off or hitting second shots, every single human, again, I raised my hand in guilt, had their phone out. And obviously, if you watch, like, you go to YouTube to listen to some music and you're watching a live concert, it's great. We, we can't live our life anymore with just the phone in the pocket. We, we wouldn't dare go anywhere without the phone in our hip pocket and in our hand. But it just it just never ends. And in that, I, I do feel some compassion with everyone shitting on Cam Newton that, you know, I mean, 15 years ago, this this stuff type stuff was happening all the time and no one ever knew. He just made an offer, a lowball offer, a terrible offer, and was denied. It was pretty normal, you know, not, nothing crazy. It was just a normal human interaction. The guy said no. Uh, and it exposed Cam as being cheap. And it's part of because it's 2019. If it's 2007, never happens. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team 
faster, and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's get into Amari Cooper. Uh, Because I think he was doing kind of the car wash today all over different radio shows with Gatorade. And I heard him on Dan Patrick. And basically the way, this was actually kind of funny on Dan Patrick. I mean, he did throw some serious 
shade at the Raiders. See if I can get this for you guys. What do you miss about the Raiders? Uh, what do I miss about the Raiders? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I miss my teammates. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, but, you know, what do you miss? Listen about one more time. That's just some shade. But that's that, that's not really what I was trying to say, though. I, I wasn't trying to throw shade at the Raiders here. Though, they basically just replaced him with a box safety, and I think every team in the league, if you said right now, you can have Amari Cooper, who's even going to be a free agent, or you can have Jonathan Abram, who's on a rookie contract but still makes a lot because he's a first-round pick. Who would you rather have? I think the majority of teams would rather have Amari Cooper. But, you know, I could be wrong. But let's start with this. Dan basically asked him at the end, like, are you worried about what Michael Thomas gets in the $22 million? Are you watching that and how it impacts you? And he said no. And I talked about this last week with Amari Cooper. Amari and Michael Thomas aren't in the same category. Michael Thomas has produced at a high level. Amari has been very hit or miss. Now, again, I think why he's kind of throwing shade at the Raiders, like, no one produces with the Raiders. And his first two years, he went to the Pro Bowl. So, like, you know, the Raiders aren't a place where people go to succeed. We've seen that. It's where people go to die. That's what, to me, was so impressive about what Amari, Derek, and Khalil Mack were doing because that's not where people have success. Now Amari left, had a ton of success with Dallas, helped them make it to the playoffs, and is going into his fifth-year option. And my recommendation, unless they make you an offer at like $19, $20 million, which I don't think they would, just play out the season because you're going to be productive. I think you'll catch between 80 and 90 balls. And we've seen two things. that You kind of got them, they're back against the wall. If they sign Dak right now, they're going to have to franchise you. And if they don't franchise you and let you hit the open market, which it seems highly unlikely because they gave up a first-round pick for you, so they're going to have to pay you, that if you have a big year and you prove like you're kind of Dak's guy, they're going to pay you. Now, right now, I do understand where they're coming from despite giving a first-round pick. Like, the production doesn't equal this massive contract. The production, to me, equals like Devonta Adams, and he's making $14 million. But I think Amari would immediately counter and go, well, Sammy Watkins hit the open market and got 16. And their counter would be, well, Amari, this is not the open market. You're still under contract. So meet in the middle. I think a team-friendly deal would be 17. A major win for Amari would probably be 18 and a half. And I'd say when you talk about guaranteed money, Odell Beckham got 65. If Amari got like 58, that'd be pretty impressive. Or I'd say 60, that'd be a huge win for Amari. If Dallas could get him at like 50, that'd be a pretty team-friendly deal. But I think he still has a lot to prove. I've always been an Amari Cooper guy. I saw what he did in in Oakland, and that shouldn't have been possible. Like, I've seen countless players come through and do nothing, and he was awesome. Now, he has his flaws. He had a lot of concentration drops in Oakland. Uh, There were times like, I wouldn't call him the toughest player, you know, that's something DeAndre Hopkins is a tough mf'er. Julio Jones, tough dude. Even Antonio Brown, like, he doesn't miss games, and he produces. Like, Amari has been a little hit or miss with that, but I saw in Dallas, he was, like, rejuvenated. It felt like he was at Alabama again, and maybe he's just a bright lights guy. Dallas in, the, in Alabama, like, they win. Everyone watches. They're a big deal. The Raiders, a little under the radar. I would just play this if I was his agent, and they're lowballing me right now. Let's just play it out. Because, let's call it what it is. Even if he has an average season, we saw what Sammy Watkins got. So I dare you to let me hit the open market. He'll get, players get overpaid in the open market. Dallas is not going to do that because they just traded a first-round pick for you. Okay, franchise me. 
because I know you don't want to franchise me. You have all these players that you got to take care of, right? Dak, until he gets signed, is going to be going into his last year of his contract. Zeke, next year, will be on a fifth-year contract. They're going to want to get that done. Jalen Smith, I'm pretty sure this Jalen Smith's fourth year, right? So he, they're going to have to pay him. They got a lot of guys to pay, you know? So they're, they're going to want to get this done, and they're going to want to meet Amari Cooper somewhere close to what he's asking for just to get the deal done. I think Amari's in a great spot. Again, I've been a big believer in Amari from day one. I loved his body language and his confidence. He's kind of got his swag back in Dallas. I thought, now it was risky at the time because it looked like their pick might be in the top 10, but the way it all played out, trading pick 27 for Amari Cooper, that's the easiest trade Jerry Jones will ever make. And this is a 25-year-old guy, not a 30-year-old guy, who's only scratched the surface, and I think he's going to be poised for a big year. Okay, let's get into Tyreek Hill. And I said two months ago that my take on Tyreek Hill was, I mean, black and white. If he did it, he should go to jail. If he didn't, we shouldn't be so quick to jump on things that we don't have the information to. I don't know. And I've seen it before with Reuben Foster. I'm always uncomfortable in these situations. We've seen it countless times in the NFL. We just don't know. And I, I just, yeah, he had a terrible mistake in the past. But do I just assume that he did it again? I, I don't know. I, I just don't I don't know him personally. I know people with the Chiefs that think, unlike Kareem Hunt, who they couldn't trust, who they just had a lot of issues with, they've had zero issues with Tyreek Hill from the moment he's been there. Not one. Now, this is an issue, but it's pretty clear they believed when he claimed he didn't do it. And then I always say this. I hate the, when the NFL, when society, it's mainly the media. I don't think fans do. The media expects them to be like the judge and jury. Like this, is, They're in the private sector. Their goal is to win. But if the police says the guy's innocent, and that's what Kansas City said, that they did not think that he had anything to do with this guy breaking his arm or his young child, they don't think he did it. If they thought he did it, I, you know, if they said he's guilty, I, Kansas City would cut him. But they said he did not do it in Kansas City. So the Chiefs have just done nothing, and now it's in the league's hand. So again, according to the police, he's innocent here. And this is where I get like uncomfortable with just saying, because the media loves like, throw him in jail. But then they all happen to be extreme liberal, you know, they all we know how they vote. And they're clearly, you know, in theory, should be against mass incarceration. I saw it with Reuben Foster. So it's like, you just want these guys to go to jail without knowing whether they're guilty or innocent. Isn't that like a whole societal problem? But again, they, you know, hypocrites. Uh, I try not to be. I try to hang my hat. One thing I take a lot of pride in, I try to be very authentic. I'm not hypocritical on, on anything if I can't avoid it. And this is something that, like, I think mass incarceration is a bad thing, right? I, I am for... Innocent people not being incarcerated. So if he didn't do it, he shouldn't be incarcerated. I don't like calling for people to be incarcerated or go to jail. When I don't know. I wasn't there. And this he said, she said thing, I, I'm never comfortable with. And this is where I think a lot of players have had problems with Roger Goodell. Because now it's in Roger Goodell's hands. And it's pretty clear, President would say, Tyreek Hill's getting suspended. Right? Even if he's innocent. Because Ezekiel Elliott, who the police also absolved, Got suspended for six games. Remember, Jerry Jones freaked. Hell, Tom Brady, who, you know, after Belichick's speech a couple years ago, was like, he didn't deflate the balls. He got suspended for four games. Now, domestic violence, 
And I, is domestic violence considered when hitting your child? Whatever that is considered, whatever umbrella that is, it's sick. It's terrible. So this is where it gets kind of dicey. Like, what does the NFL do with them? Reuben Foster, who again was accused twice by a, a by a woman, a female, his ex girlfriend, whatever, who made it all up. Literally made the whole thing up. She lied twice. Now, he should have got dinged for being an idiot and not allowing her when he was on the road and they were flying to Tampa Bay, bringing her there. Especially what had happened previously. So even though she made it all up, I deserve, like, I, I, I didn't have a problem thinking that the NFL believed he deserved some sort of punishment. And until he shattered his leg and screwed up his season, you know, not intentionally, obviously, the NFL didn't suspend him, but they fined him two game checks. I was like, you know what? For just your ultimate stupidity, given what you had just gone through, I, I'm okay with that. Now, I'm also like, I don't see anyone in the media saying, lock her up, because she's not done this to Reuben Foster twice. She did it to another guy. Like, I mean, that's where society has issues. Like, why are we not making a big deal about these people that make these things up? But again, on this situation with Roger Goodell, what does he do? I, I, I don't even know where to guess, and I think guessing suspensions are really difficult. My guess would be four games, but two wouldn't shock me if they believe Tyreek Hill that he's innocent. Four, if they're just unsure, they know they need to do something. If they think kind of like Ezekiel Elliott that he's lying to them, they'll he's probably getting six or eight. So I went through Kansas City's schedule. Like Tyreek Hill's a top five player in this league, non-quarterback. Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's he's that good. You know, I don't think anyone would argue. He is elite. He is a dominant force in this league. And he's on arguably a top two or three team in the league. So his disappearance for whatever amount of time is going to be a big deal. So I just wrote down their first eight games of the season. Let's assume Tyreek gets... Let's go, go through the different scenarios. Let's say he gets two games at Jacksonville at Oakland. I think they could win both those two games without Tyreek Hill. Now, I don't look at them like locks, though I think they would beat the Raiders without Tyreek Hill. The Jaguars, week one, anything's possible. Let's say it goes four games at Jacksonville, obviously at Oakland, and then you get Baltimore at home and then at Detroit. I think that they could figure out a way, I mean, with Lamar Jackson, that wing T offense, and then Detroit kind of in shambles, you go three and one even without Tyreek Hill. Where I think it would get difficult is if it went six or eight games. If it went eight games, it'd be hard for the Chiefs. Obviously, those first four games, and then it gets difficult. You have Indy, Houston, both in Kansas City. The Indy game is a Sunday night game. Indy, you'd imagine, would have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Kansas City kind of kicked their ass in the playoffs last year. Then you'd get Houston, who on paper is a pretty good team. Then you got to go to at Denver, short week Thursday night. That's tough. And then off a long week, you get Green Bay at home. So let's say suspended six games, you could easily lose that Indy and Houston games, even though it's in Arrowhead. Like those two teams are just two playoff teams. And you take away the teams, obviously the quarterbacks are the most important players, but if you went number after the quarterback, Tyreek Hill's the Chiefs' best player. And Houston and Indy are pretty loaded. Now, I do think at Denver Thursday night, who knows how they're going to look, and then you do that long week Green Bay, maybe you could handle it if you win eight games. But I'd say five and three, best case, if he misses eight games. If he misses six, I mean, you could be looking at like three and three. If he only misses two, you could have no issues. And they could be two and oh in their first two games. I I think the number of games he gets suspended, and I I can't even begin to guess, because I don't even know what Roger Goodell will think. 
because it's pretty clear what the police think that he didn't do it. You know, it's pretty clear what the media and Twitter thinks that he's guilty, right? So I, I don't know. And I'm just, I, I am never comfortable saying that young men's career should end off things I don't have facts on. And I, I saw it, and I, I guess part of this experience being here in the Bay with Reuben Foster and with some of these extreme media people around here was just wrong. I mean, they, they, they literally should send him a, a note as an apology. I mean, the chick made it up. Now, you can ding him for being dumb and being a rounder, especially after the first time. That was not healthy. You should cut her out of your life. But we're all humans. We, we know if you're in a serious relationship with someone, it's, it's easier said than done. Now, we, I, I would imagine many people listening, their significant other has never tried to ruin their career, right, and send them to jail. That's pretty extreme. I, I think I would be able to emotionally get over someone pretty quickly and cut them out of my life. But, again, easier said than done. Uh, with Tyreek, the information I have, the actual court and the police say innocent. Twitter says guilty. And uh, uh, Roger's probably somewhere in the middle. So I... I, I can't even begin to guess, but I, I will be very shocked, right, if he doesn't get some games, even if the league thinks he's innocent, because the precedent has kind of been set by Roger Goodell that he kind of has to suspend you just from drawing negative headlines. That's kind of what they do in the NFL now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young 
was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, I said I was going to do every division, every show, or pick a division every show until we've done them all. I did the AFC East on Friday. I'm going to do the NFC East today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over all the over-unders and who I like to win the division based on my bookie. Literally my bookie. But one thing I'm going to dive a little deeper because someone hit me up, like go into a little bit about you know, what you like and what you didn't like of the offseason. So, okay, this one's a pretty easy one. The NFC East, which I think is pretty clear, two of the best teams, not just in the NFC, but probably in all of football, are in the NFC East from a roster standpoint. You could put Dallas and Philly's roster probably against any in the entire league. They're stacked. I mean, they got they got dudes at every position. So the the, the betting favorite is Philly, at basically plus one to one, so you bet a hundred bucks, you win a hundred bucks. Uh, the Eagles, and their over under is ten, and I, I think they're an eleven or twelve win team. Now, to me, the biggest move they made this off season was something they didn't really have to do. Carson Wentz just came back, and they put all their chips in the middle of the table, and they extended him. But the other big kind of ripple effect of that was they had to make a decision with Foles, and they just let him walk. Pretty high level move, just let him walk. He ended up making $50 million guaranteed. Pretty big win-win for their situation. But now, the elephant in the room with this team is, if Carson goes down, they no longer can be counted upon. That doesn't mean that Nate Sudfeld or the dude they drafted from Northwestern, whoever wins the backup job, couldn't win some games because their roster is good enough. But we don't know that. Like, I knew for a fact, we all did, that like last year when Carson went down, they were equipped to win games. 
Now, I don't think we all thought that they were going to figure out a way to get in the playoffs, but they did, and then they won a playoff game. Like, once they got to the playoffs, they're like, I wouldn't bet against Nick Foles, and then we didn't, and he won the game, even against the Bears. Like, that margin for error is gone. Now, they added, they had a good draft. They drafted their tackle in the first round that not even going to start, but if Jason Peters gets hurt, boom, he's in. They draft a little running back from Penn State that's good. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, which is like a crab tree type player, jump ball guy in the red zone should really help out. They already have a deep receiving core with Ertz, who's tight end, but he's a receiver, and Alshon. Uh, their running back group, just in theory, adding that guy to go with, uh, they traded for Jordan Howard, should be a lot better. Defense is pretty stacked. Their, their, their corners are a little bit of a question mark. They re-signed Ronald Darby. Sidney Jones needs to start playing better. Get McLeod back from injury. Malcolm Jenkins, you would imagine the contract gets worked out. Linebackers are pretty solid. D-line's pretty stacked. I mean, they added Malik Jackson. The team's good. Uh, I would, I, I'm, I'd probably like Dallas just a little more, uh, but I like Carson a lot more than Dak. I just don't trust Carson to stay healthy. Though I want him to stay healthy, he's one of my favorite players in the league. So I, I like Dallas to win this division because I think both these two teams are 12, 11, 12, 13 win teams. Dallas, you can get at plus 130. They're over under is nine. So Philly and Dallas, I like both their overs. Now, 10's a lot, but I think Philly's that good. 11, 12 wins. Dallas, to me, is a much easier over. I think they win 11 or 12 games. Uh, the roster is pretty much the same because they, they didn't have any cap space, really. They didn't have a first-round pick, but they have Amari Cooper. Their team is loaded. I mean, they found a way to get Demarcus Lawrence done. Their linebacking core is awesome. They have sweet DBs. Their offensive line, which has been a strong point of the team, is a little bit in question because some of the guys are getting older, but I still believe in the group. Uh, I like Dak. I like Zeke. I like Amari. Jason Witten comes back to bring a little guidance. I'm more of a Jason Garrett guy than some. I Again, I, I like the over. I, I love their team last year, the way they were playing at the end of the season. Uh, I think they're going to be really good. I, I think they're right there with Philly, and I think the defining probably factor, I, I just think that Dallas... I just consistently they have an identity. Like at the end of the day, boom, I hand it to Zeke. And I think there are some question marks. Like with Carson, there's like some pressure for him that's not really there with Dallas. Like there's always pressure with Dallas and with the Eagles. But like in Philly's case, it's going to be like the pressure on Carson Wentz is kind of unique. He's replacing this guy that wasn't even, was his backup, but had won a Super Bowl. Just a weird spot. Uh, So... Again, I, I'm not. I don't feel great about my Dallas pick, but I love both these two teams. I love both these two teams, and I hate the other two teams. Uh, Washington, who's the third best odds to win the division, plus 900. I, I, I think they're going to win five or six games. I think Jay Gruden's going to get fired. I like the under at six and a half. I don't think it's that much under. It's probably five or six games because I think Jay Gruden's a good coach. They just always have so many injuries. You look the first practice OTAs, Ruben Foster goes down. Who's going to be their quarterback? I mean. Sucks for Alex, but his career's probably over. Case will start the season. Then Haskins will eventually come in. That's a huge leap for Haskins. Uh, is Trent Williams ever going to show up? Their front seven actually is pretty good. I mean, it, it really is. Darius Geis is coming back, but he's coming back off an ACL. I, yeah, they'll win six games. Six or seven. So I, I, I wouldn't touch that over under six and a half. That feels right in the sweet spot. But Jay Gruden's already said, like, if I don't make the playoffs, I'm done. It's like they ain't making the playoffs because they're not even close to as good as Dallas and Philly, uh, and he's done. The Giants uh, are going to be god-awful. I mean, their defense, I was talking with a buddy in the league a while back. He's like, God, their defense on paper is just horrendous. No pass rush. 
I mean, their first-round pick is a defensive nose tackle. Jabril Peppers is already banged up. Linebackers stink. Their defense is awful. Uh, offensively, like, they traded away Odell Beckham. Now they added Golden Tate. They, Saquon Barkley's a superstar. Their offensive line's not great. Daniel Jones is not a plug-and-play player. So they're over-under six. I, I think they win, like, three games. I really do. I think they win three games. Uh, I, 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 If I was a gambling man, which I am, I don't ever play over-unders just because I don't have the patience. I would hammer that under. I would absolutely hammer the under. Obviously, you can get them 11-1 to 1 to win the division. I, I don't think they sniff that. So, I, I like Dallas. Close. Uh, but if you pick Philly, I wouldn't argue with you. I think both those two teams make the playoffs, just like last year. Though, I think it's going to be a little easier for them both. Last year, Dallas was 10-6. and 6, Philly was 9-7. and 7. I think this year is like 113 and 3 and 112 and 4. Like remind me of the year that the uh like 13 when Seattle and the 49ers were the two best teams in the NFC. It it wouldn't shock me if that's the NFC championship game. Though the NFC is really good. So I like Chicago, I like New Orleans. Uh San Francisco or Seattle, we'll get to them a little later. I I don't think or even the Rams I think kind of come back to earth, but we'll save that for another day. So the NFC East I like Dallas slightly, though I think Philly's unreal. Two playoff teams, and then two of the shittier teams. Well, Giants are going to be awful. I actually think, I think the Redskins are going to be awful, awful. You know, they'll probably end up drafting like somewhere between 7 and 11 with 6 or 7 wins, but they're just not going to win enough games. They're, I think they both those two teams sweep. I know that it's hard to win divisional games, but uh, it's, it's very top-heavy, you know. It, it's very top-heavy. But the Giants are at least watchable. They got Saquon Barkley. And I'm interested to see Darius Geis and if uh, Dwayne Haskins plays. And who knows with Eli. I mean, the Giants are just in a sad state of affairs. Okay, let's get to the Middlecoff mailbag. Uh, I I put out the bat signal today on Instagram, and you all came through. I'm loaded with questions. I got so many questions, I'm only going to answer probably 25% of them. Who's your early MVP pick this season, and who's your dark horse candidate for MVP? Also a potential MVP that is not a quarterback. I think I did this last week. Maybe I did it on my other show with Haberman. Uh, Khalil Mack would be my dark horse. Just because I think the Bears have a chance to be like 14-2. and two. If they get the number one seed, and let's just say he has like his best season ever where he gets like 18-19 sacks. They're playing in all these primetime games. He would be my sleeper that's not a quarterback. Uh, my dark horse candidate, just because I think the team's going to be really good, is Dak. I mean, what if they just... What if he throws 35 touchdowns and runs for 7 or 8 and the Cowboys win 13, 14 games? I think a lot of people, you know, Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck are, are the easy ones. To me, I'd put that, those guys kind of in a group. I, I'd say Jimmy Garoppolo would be another kind of sleeper. What if he comes back off this ACL and leads a 49er to the playoff? Uh, but my, my definite, like, sleeper one would be Dak. Uh... What are your thoughts on Seattle's pass rush? Ziggy Ansa and LJ Collier. Ansa got injury problems, and I'm super skeptical on Collier. I'm a little bit worried about my Hawks. Greetings from Germany. Uh, you did this thing where I got to blur the image. Skeptical snake. I, okay, I got you. Yeah, I mean, I one thing I've learned is I don't, I don't bet against Seattle. I mean, last year, everyone wrote them off. They thought they were going to be the worst team in the league, and what they do? They made the playoffs. And... I guess they didn't win a playoff game, but they played pretty well at Dallas. Uh, and really, last year they went toe to toe twice with the LA Rams. As long as you got Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, you're going to have a chance. I, I I will say though, 
they did lose their third best player. If Russell's their best player, Bobby Wagner's their second best player, Frank Clark was their third best player. And those three guys were awesome last year, right? I mean, Pro Bowl level guys. So you lose that guy. Trust me, I'm a, I'm a, I have a soft spot for Ziggy. He was my second highest guy on my board my last year in the NFL behind uh, Deion Jordan. Oof, that didn't age well. Uh, but obviously injuries have changed his career. Uh, hoping to get lightning in a bottle. But, yeah, their pass rush won't be as good. But I would imagine their linebackers and defensive backs would be a little bit better with Pete. And they're going to have to just be better on offense. You know, they added what's-his-name from Ole Miss, the freak, DK Metcalf. You drafted the running back in the in the first round last year, Rashad Penny. Go with Chris Carson. That's a pretty good one-two punch in your backfield. You got Russell. Make some damn plays. You still got Tyler Lockett. I mean, you got players. And, again, I, Russell's one. I, I got a soft spot for Russell. And just because whenever people talk shit about him, maybe it's because I watch so much NFC West football. I've seen him live, I don't know, five times, in the, and he's owned the Niners. But he's just, I mean, he's probably my favorite. Like, if I had to go top five favorite players of all time, you know, like Steve Young, Brett Favre, Peyton, Tom Brady, and probably Russell Wilson. I mean, that would be the group. I I, I love Russell Wilson. So as long as you got Russell as your quarterback, I, I give you a chance. Uh, but that division's pretty wide open. So I'd also say, yeah, your pass rush's not as good, but the Rams are coming back to earth. Todd Gurley's screwed. The Niners, I mean, they're number one. They might be my playoff pick to make to win that division, but that's still nine or ten wins. Their number one wide receiver is Dante Pettis, you know, and then the Cardinals suck. So, yeah, I, you could probably – the NFC West might take you nine – if you go nine and seven in the NFC West, you might win the division. Okay, uh, let's get to the next question. I guess this guy sent me a tweet. He said, the Packers were 6-4 and four beside these six games. Up 29-21 with 144 to go against Minnesota. Up 27-26 with 8.50 to go against the Rams. Tied 17-17. Start fourth against the Pats. Up 24-20. 8.23 left against Seattle. So I get what you're saying. Uh, so you're basically just saying... Green Bay should come back to the mean next year and win a few more of these close games, along with additions on defense in the offseason, motivation, their stories, blah, blah, blah. What's your opinion? I agree. In theory, the the main curveball here is say what you want about McCarthy, and it had become stale and it was time for a change. I can't assume that they're going to be in those games with Matt LaFleur. I I, I just can't. Now, maybe they will, but until he proves he can do it, I I, I cannot do it. I, I don't know anything about him. I've already have him red flagged. He already has a torn Achilles, obviously. But that, that, to me, is the big question mark. I mean, two reasons they were really competitive. One, I mean, they have Aaron Rodgers. And their defense, actually, is not terrible. But, you know, McCarthy got crapped on, and rightfully so for some moments. But they were usually, like, I mean, they were in games. They were really competitive. Like you said, I mean, their record, when you really dive into the context of it all, uh, I just don't know. I mean, again, I don't believe much. And it's not because of the quarterback. It's because of the coach. I'm not a believer in the hire. I don't like the hire. I talked about it last week, some of the issues that Rodgers already having with the offense and the way he's – I don't know. You know, I just – we'll see. Hey, you think the A's should try to add and swing a deal for some pitching? Or are they better off waiting for their prospects to make a jump, big club, in one or two years? little baseball question. yeah, I mean, I I don't think the A's can win it this year. I mean, to me, it's like basically a two-horse race, probably in the AL, and that's Houston and the Yankees. Everyone else is just, the Red Sox aren't the same. Uh, 
I, I just think it comes down to those two teams. The Twins, I mean, we'll see if they make a big trade at the deadline. But the problem for the A's is they're not going to win their division, and they don't have an ace. Now their guy just got spent at 80 games. And having been someone that bet on them last year against the Yankees in game one or in that wild card game, it's just, you know, it's just such a crapshoot. Because if your ace is on on that game, you got a chance. And if he's off, you're screwed. And the A's, Mr. You know, Mr. Moneyball, which, you know, in fairness, it works for them. They have to do it because they don't have the money. Literally, they do Moneyball because they don't have any money. Uh, you, you can't throw out some opener in a wild card game. You need a blue chipper. You need a Madison Bumgarner. You need a Justin Verlander. You need a twenty to thirty million dollar player, and come, come get this cheddar because my guy's blowing cheese. And the A's again rolled a uh, rolled out an opener last year. It was embarrassing. I have a relative throwback question in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Let's say the Seahawks ran the ball, got stopped, called timeout, ran it again, and got stopped, and time expired. How would we judge Pete Carroll? Or if Russ had completed the pass, but the narrative is Pete outsmart Bill. Yeah, isn't that the million-dollar question? I mean, really, we separate, like, in in most things in life. Like, who, who are geniuses right now? Jeff Bezos. I mean, he's been building Amazon for how many years? 25? Uh, you know, started in the mid-90s. I think he founded it in, like, 92 or whatever. But it's really been humming now for, what, like, 15? 10, 10, 10 years it's been at a high level. These last, like, five, just a stupid level. Elon Musk has been going strong for a while. Steve Jobs, like it, most business guys that we can, Warren Buffett has been, you know, selling stuff since he was like five, get their entire life to prove themselves. But coaches, they get like these moments. And if it goes well, it's like, this guy's a genius. And in basketball, they always say it's a make or miss league. And it really comes down to that. Like the Warriors lost in the NBA finals, but they got a wide open shot to Steph Curry, the greatest three point shooter in the history of the NBA in game six. And he clanked it. Now, they were only down two. They didn't need to get a three. But at the end of the day, they got a good look on a great play, and he missed it. So then is Steve Kerr an idiot? Now, football, I think at the end of the day, that proved why Bill was a genius because he didn't get flustered. He didn't freak out. And Pete was freaking out. So I think at two of the best, I mean, the best coach in the league against arguably the second best coach in the league, the difference in the biggest spot, to me, it wasn't even about the play call. It was more that Bill looked over there and realized he was flustered. You know, and Bill in that same situation was not flustered. So I think it's less about like play calls go right and go wrong. You know, like is Andy Reid an idiot because D4 jumped off sides? You know? I just I I, I that's the thing about the NFL. Like players do some stupid ass things that they've been told over and over and over not to do in big spots in the playoffs. And I just can't totally blame the coach always. Like Pete Carroll, I, I'm not Mr. Genius, X's and O's guys, but I've heard enough people talk that that play call wasn't that crazy. Now, I, I, I would have ran the ball. I think most of us run the ball. Let's not reinvent the wheel there. But to me, the bigger issue was just how flustered they were and how unfazed Belichick was. That, that, that to me, is the craziest part of that whole play. Uh, but I'm trying to think of some other moments in recent memory. Like, think about the Atlanta Falcons. They were up huge, right, in that playoffs. And Kyle Shanahan's goal is to keep scoring points, keep scoring points as the offensive coordinator. I do put the blame on Dan Quinn. Now, should Kyle have, like, thought big picture? Maybe. But he just keeping his foot on the pedal. That's what had been working all game. Just keep grinding. Dan Quinn's got to get on the headset and go, Kyle, 
run the ball. Like, I, I'm sorry, that's his job as the head coach. That is, that is 100% his job. So I, I think at the end of the day, it's crazy how that stuff works out. But over time, like, Pete Carroll's kind of been validated, right? He had a bad moment in a big game, but he'd won a Super Bowl previously. This year, making the playoffs was incredible. Like, it proves out over time, you're a really good coach. You know, winning Super Bowls, some freakish shit can kind of happen sometimes, right? Like, I think Doug Peterson is excellent. But in the second round of the year that they won it all with Nick Foles at quarterback against the Atlanta Falcons, they were on, I think, like the five-yard line with under a minute with first and goal. And Steve Sarkeesian ran one of the worst four offensive play sets. Obviously, the final fade that did not work. I think he ran a screen, if I remember correctly, on second down. Uh, I think I had the Eagle, I had the Falcons in that game, so I'm still a little pissed off. But I, I was so mad at myself because you can never bet on Steve Sarkeesian. But, you know, it's just like, what if Julio Jones catches that ball? Like, is Doug Peterson any better or worse? Like, it's clear. Doug's a really good play caller, right? Like, is Matt Nagy not a great coach because Cody Parkey missed the field goal? You know, I, I just... Some of this stuff's hard, and I think coaches take a lot of flack. And I, again, I'll raise my hand. I'm as guilty as sin when it comes to giving them a lot of criticism. But I'll also praise the smart stuff, though I probably give them too much unjust criticism. We all do. But that's why they make the big bucks. Derek Carr have over under 30 and a half touchdowns this year. I would say right around 30, 30, 30 32, somewhere in there. AB over nine and a half touchdowns. I take the under. Josh Jacobs over under 1,000 yards. I would take the under. I mean, he ran for 700 last year at Alabama. I'd say 850. Rather have a four-footer downhill putt to win a major or a free throw to win the NBA Finals. Whoa. I would probably go with the free throw to win the NBA Finals. Four-footer downhill. Is it? Is it a... You know, is it a tester? Like, is it moving or is it straight? If it's straight, I'll take my chances. If, if it's a slider, I don't know. I, I'd probably go free throw. Because at the end of the day, I think you could take some deep breaths. It's the same motion. The free the basket's not moving. People are going nuts. Is it on the road or at home, too? That's a big question. On the road, like in Toronto, would be intense. At home, everyone shuts up. I think I got a chance. Is If Carson Wentz wouldn't have gotten hurt, in 2017, and won the MVP. Do you think he would have had as much hype as Mahomes is having? Uh, I think it just depends how that year plays out. Like, do they win the Super Bowl? Do they lose in the first round of the playoffs? Or I guess their first round would have been, obviously, the second round because they were the number one seed. I, I just think, I don't know. You know, I mean, they easily, like I just said, they easily could have lost that game to Atlanta, and Atlanta's a really good team. Like, that wouldn't have been a terrible loss. Atlanta had just gone on the road the previous week and beaten the Rams. So I, I just have to know how it looked. Like, Mahomes last year kicked ass and took names all the re- regular season. Then kicked ass in the first playoff game. And then against the Patriots, now granted it wasn't home, laid kind of an egg in the first half and then just came out swinging and was excellent in the second half. So, yeah, I mean, I just, maybe, the more I think about it. I mean, you win the MVP under 25 years old, you get a lot of hype. <laughs> you know, quarterbacks in this Country are treated like royalty, so yeah, you just get you just get more praise. Thoughts on Deshaun Watson being a top tier, if not number one, fantasy quarterback next year? O line is nowhere to go but up. True. Uh, the Jordan Rivera baptism could be seen as a symbolic gesture for the coming season. I don't know if I quite follow that one. That might be a little inside Houston Texan football. 
I think he's probably a better, he's like a baseball player. He's probably going to be a better regular season player than he is an NFL playoff quarterback. Now, he's obviously been really good in the playoffs in college football. Last year in that first round game against Indy, he was so horrendous. I mean, the ball looked like a dud. I don't know if he was tired. Obviously, he came back that season against injuries. Now, if you're just looking at top-tier fantasy quarterback, you know, take the emotion out of it, you go, well, they got, if if Antonio Brown's the best receiver, you could argue DeAndre Hopkins is the second best receiver in the league. Will Fuller's a stud. Uh, like you said, their offensive line should be improved. Did they draft a running back? I mean, I'm not the biggest Lamar Miller guy. Yeah, I, I could see him having a pretty big year, 35 touchdowns. Yeah, top tier, I, I, can, I can hear that. You watch any CFL, they're getting some ESPN2 time. I actually watched uh, a little bit of the game the other night. would have been like Friday or Saturday night because a buddy of mine, good buddy of mine, who's an assistant coach at, at UNLV, Eric Brown, his younger brother, Travis Brown, they both of them played at Fresno State. Their dad coached at Fresno State, is now coaching for the Edmonton Eskimos, so I was kind of locked in on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it wasn't terrible football. It was actually pretty entertaining. Wide open. You know, it had, it had like a little Big 12 feel. Guys were hitting hard, offensive guys making plays, running backs and quarterbacks look pretty ca- capable. Not not a terrible product at all. That's going to do it for the Middlecoff Mailbag. I'm going to save some for next week, or I mean later this week. Some of you guys was going to direct message. Appreciate everyone getting to me. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Keep it loose. Keep it light uh, over the summer. Godspeed. Peace out. See you later. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.